Greetings to you all. I trust that your year has started well and is going well. What a powerful service in Centurion this last Sunday. God is just doing something. I love the worship. I love praising God and uh, the corporate prayer. And so I encourage you to attend our in-person services if you're able to. God is just on the move. He's up to something. And we've been talking about foundations. We've been talking about building God's way. And so this is the second message in the series, Building God's Way. And in this message, we'll focus on the importance of apostolic foundations. In essence, this is to do with being radically devoted to the Word of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, it says, And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles. Now, there's a reason for that, right? Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Then, workers of miracles. Also, those having gifts of healing. Those able to help others. Those with gifts of administration. And those with speaking in different kinds of tongues. Apostles play a primary role in the foundation of a church. This is so important. Apostles are called to teach foundational truths. And it says God called first apostles. So churches, local churches, need to be built on an apostolic foundation. And this is crucial. And the problem is today, many churches are being built on an administrative foundation or a pastoral foundation. And that's not a scriptural way of building. And I want to go deeper into this in this message so that we see what an apostolic church actually looks like. If you look at Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 44, very powerful. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship. Now we need to explore what that really means. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The word devote means to give yourself wholly to something, right? And to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Isn't that awesome? What I find so powerful about this is, you see, today a lot of churches are built on the miraculous and let's pursue this miracle and let's pursue that miracle. And when the miracles stop, let's move on from here and see where else the miracles are happening. But you see how the early church was built on apostolic doctrine. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then what was the result of that? The result of that was there were miracles. There were miracles. But they didn't have a church that was built on the miracles. Again, very important. They were constantly in the teachings of the apostles. All right. Being devoted means you're resolute. The apostles were devoted to the ministry of the word and they were single-minded. The main thing the believers were feeding on was the apostolic teaching. That's just the fact. They were determined to learn and follow it. They didn't drift from it or swerve away from it. The teachings produced what they were supposed to produce. And what was that? A strong foundation based on the person of Jesus Christ. And that's one of the roles of apostles, to keep people focused on the main thing. And that's Jesus. 
In Acts chapter 6, verses 3 to 5, this is what the apostles said. They said, brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now, this is interesting. And it goes on to say, this proposal pleased the whole group. So what was happening was that the apostles were involved in the administration of helping out the widows. And then conflict broke out because they were the widows from the Hebrew background, the Jewish background, and they were the widows, uh, the Hellenistic widows from the Greek background. And there was conflict that, hey, there's favoritism, hey, how come our widows aren't getting this and that, right? Uh, which is something that tends to happen when we don't build on the right foundations. And they realized that, you know what? It is not good. They said it is not good for us to focus on waiting on tables. This, these are the apostles speaking, right? They realize that it is not good for us to, be do so, to do so. So let's give this over to people who we now call deacons, but really appointed servants who can actually do this, right? They're men full of wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit. So this is not a small task. And then they went on to say, and then we will focus and we will devote ourselves to the ministry of the word and to prayer. So the apostles were devoted to the word and to prayer. And when you're in an apostolic church, you also end up prioritizing the word and prayer. And so what's interesting is this, when those who teach are devoted to the word, it becomes easy for those following to be devoted to their teaching. I don't want to be devoted to your teaching if I'm not too sure how devoted you are to the word of God. And we need to free up apostolic leaders to focus on the word and prayer. The word and prayer need to be very central in everything that we do in a local church. The moment churches begin to focus so much on entertaining people just to keep their attention and not the word and prayer, then we're in trouble. Apostles have a burden to see Christ formed in people. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And he gave, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, goes on to say, and this is for preparing the body of Christ. It's for preparing and equipping the body of Christ. So these ministry gifts are essential to the body of Christ. If churches are established without apostolic input and foundations, they can easily become weakened. And we have lots of local churches today that are weakened because they don't have apostolic foundations. Apostles are sent ones. That's what it literally means, a sent one. Right? They're sent into regions and into nations to establish the kingdom of God. The early church apostles taught people foundations of Christ. That's what they did. If you study the book of Acts, you'll just see their emphasis was, we want to ground you in Christ Jesus. They brought people back to the centrality of the kingdom of God and of Christ Jesus. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits 
and things taught by demons. How many of you know that demons can teach? When apostles teach Christ's doctrine, they uproot false teaching and they establish foundational truths. And apostolic people know the word of God, they stay in the word of God, and then they teach it effectively. Apostolic teaching undoes idolatry in a region. It uproots it. It also builds and it plants. In addition to this, it changes how the church is viewed by outsiders and actually redefines the church where people begin to see, oh, this is the church and this is how the church is supposed to function. So are there signs in your life of a lack of devotion to apostolic teaching? One of the roles of apostles is to actually ignite and impart something to the people of God so that they become an apostolic people. We understand that the purpose of the prophetic isn't just to prophesy over people. The purpose of prophets is to equip people so that they also hear God for themselves, right? It's a calling of people back to holiness. The purpose of the pastoral isn't just to be caring for everyone, right? Pastors are to create a culture of caring in a local church. Evangelists aren't supposed to do all the evangelism. Evangelists are there to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's what the Bible says, right? To help them to evangelize, to ignite a passion for the lost in a local church. So what do apostles do? They call people back to foundations, but those apostolic people end up doing similar things. They end up going out and making disciples who make disciples. Hey guys, let's come back to foundations. That's just one of the purposes of the apostolic. So what are signs of lack of devotion to apostolic teaching? How do you realize that, wait a minute, there's a gap here in my life? The first thing is you pay little attention to the preaching in your church. If there's apostolic preaching in your church, you pay little attention to it, right? The second thing is you have itchy ears for controversy, for arguments, and for the mysterious. So you're always moving away from Christ and his centrality. You don't talk about that that much, okay? You find yourself just going to, you know, obscure scriptures, in the Bible, and you're always having arguments about those things. The third thing is that you limit your teaching to sessions that you attend, never reflecting like the Bereans did. The Bible talks about how the Bereans were more noble than the other believers or the other disciples because they didn't just hear what the apostles taught. They went and they searched the scriptures for themselves to see if it was true. Right. The fourth thing is you wait for a seminar before searching out a matter. So instead of searching out a matter for yourself, you're just waiting for the next seminar so that you're taught the particular thing. But you don't have a culture of searching out matters for yourself because you're not that devoted to the word. Okay. You do not pray into what you have been taught. That's why we have prayer meetings. One of the purposes of that Monday night prayer meeting we have is so that we're praying over the word that we've been taught. That's important. The sixth thing is you never discuss the word afterwards. I'm really impressed with some of the families in our church because they have specific nights where they say, we're now going to break down and apply the word that was taught on Sunday. The seventh thing is you always forget the word. So it's pointless preaching to you because no sooner as you've heard it, you, you move away from it.
The eighth thing is you feed enthusiastically on messages from other churches that have been taught by other people, but you have become familiar with the word that was prepared for you. I want you to know that when you say you're a part of a local church, it's important to prioritize the word that's preached in that local church because that word is for you. That word is for you, right? Um, If there's apostolic teaching that has been prepared for you, God in his mind knows, oh, you know what? You've got this gap in your life. Let me speak to your pastor. Let me speak to your apostolic oversight so that in the message that they teach, it will be relevant to you. But when you find yourself enthusiastically feeding on messages from other churches and from elsewhere, but you're familiar You've become familiar and despised the word in your local church that God has prepared for you. Then there's a problem because it means you're not devoted to apostolic doctrine that has been prepared for you. Now, it's interesting because some people will listen to this and they'll think I'm saying, don't listen to other people's messages. I didn't say that. All right. The ninth thing I want to share that shows you're not devoted to apostolic doctrine is you cause division by your unique revelations and private interpretation of scripture, right? So the church is moving in one direction. Your pastors are saying, this is where we're going and this is what we're teaching and this is what we stand for. And this is the emphasis in this season. But you you have a contrary spirit and some people are not aware of it when they've got a contrary spirit. We're moving in this direction, but you, all, you always notice them moving in a different direction. And the sad thing is often they'll be saying, they'll say to you, God told me so. You know, yes, I know the pastors taught this and I know you guys are doing this, but this is what I think. And this is what God said I must do. Like somehow they, they're just different. All right. The 10th thing is you find teachings on foundations boring and you haven't learned how to find the basics beautiful. One of the things um, that I learned some years ago, we were taught that learn how to make the basics beautiful. Dick Iverson, a great pastor and teacher, used to say that, right? Learn to make the basics beautiful. If the foundations are not right, the building will not be stable, right? And it's important that we are attracted to foundations and foundational teaching instead of just the things that scratch our, that tickle our ears. The 11th thing is you have major gaps in your Christian foundations, but are very knowledgeable about other things. Have you noticed this? With a lot of people, they'll know about the, the league tab- table, you know, for soccer, for football. And yeah, you know, if, if, if we win our next two games and Arsenal loses this next two games, then this is where we are on the table. Then they're very clued up about stats when it comes to the things they're interested in. But if they're honest with themselves, there's a lot of biblical illiteracy in their lives. They're not clued up concerning foundations. The 12th thing is that you chase after manifestations and miracles, but not the word and not pray. Watch out for this. In the book of Acts, chapter 19, I'm going to read from verse 1 through to verse 27, because this is a classic example of how apostles brought foundations to the body of Christ. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them. Now watch, this is what apostles do. They find disciples wherever. 
but this is what they're checking. He asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So here's the reality. As apostles, we are going into places, into regions, and we are realizing that there are a lot of people who are born again, but have gaps, cracks, and leakages in their foundations. They answered, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul says, said to them, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So can you see what's happening here? He saw where the gap was. He retaught them. He retaught them. Right? So that they had understanding. And that's what we are doing in the body of Christ today. We are reteaching people who haven't been taught certain things. We're reteaching people who have gaps in their foundations. And an apostolic people do that. They rise up, they start small groups, and they say, we want to teach foundations once again because there are gaps, cracks, and leakages in people's lives. We don't have to do the fancy stuff all the time. We need to first make sure that you have foundations. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So he was checking in with them, right? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Oh, you don't even know that there's a Holy Spirit. Okay, cool. Let's baptize you in the Spirit, right? Let's have you baptized in the Spirit. Wham, right? They're prophesying. They're speaking in tongues. There were about 12 men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months. Now, can you see what's happening? He's speaking to a group of people first, right? So there's a place for speaking to people in small groups and having discussions with them, engaging with them. But then he also entered the synagogue and he spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. So not everyone is going to agree with you. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. So these people who had been baptized in the Spirit, those 12 men, he took those disciples with him and others who had believed. I believe that in the synagogue there were some who, not everyone resisted him, right? There's some who believed and he continued with them daily. And we want to create a culture of making disciples where we continue daily with people. And we say, let me explain this to you. Let me explain that to you. Let me make sure you're fully grounded. Let me make sure Christ is fully formed in you. That's the culture of our church. And it's crucial. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Isn't it amazing? God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. Can you see how this is a church birthed in Ephesus, right, that was built on the word and the spirit. Can you see that the word was taught? It was explained. Foundations were taught. And then miracles came forth from that. 
not the other way around. Right? Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Right? Now, that was quite interesting. They didn't have a revelation of Jesus. Okay? We can't live on secondhand revelation. They said, Paul, I know. They said, Jesus, I know. And that word for, for I know, speaking of Jesus, was I have an intimate knowledge of him. Maybe Jesus had cast out that demon before. I don't know. Right? Paul, I'm acquainted with. It's two different words that are used there, actually. Right? But you guys, who are you? So my question to you is, are you known in the spirit realm? Are you known as someone who knows Jesus in the spirit realm? Went on to say, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear and the name of the Lord was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Now that was a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's thousands and thousands of, of, of dollars, right? And it's interesting because it means that the apostolic preaching and teaching affected the economy of the region. There was a shift in the spirit realm. And these people who had been into sorcery, these magicians, etc., they stopped doing what they had been doing. I believe that God has got an apostolic message for us and he wants to use it to shift things, to shift the power base in this region. And that's what apostolic based churches do. They shift the power dynamic in a region. All right. After all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I've been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, so he worked in a team, right? Timothy and Erastus to Macedonia while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. So he had people who he could send out, people who had the same DNA. This is so important. You know, just looking at this passage of scripture, you see how apostolic churches are birthed and you see how apostolic people operate. Apostles bring you back to foundations. Apostolic teaching is imparted not just from the pulpit, but also in lecture halls. This is important. Also in smaller groups. Also in discussion groups. Apostles are interested in taking over regions for the kingdom of God. Paul built a strong apostolic base in Ephesus. And the church at Ephesus ended up being one of the churches that Timothy actually pastored. When a church is built on apostolic foundations, the fear of the Lord is present. When we devote ourselves to apostolic teaching and begin to move as an apostolic people, cities are affected and the economy begins to change. 
And so we have some key learnings from this passage. And these key learnings, I just want to reinforce. The first is that Paul prioritized foundations. He didn't go to those people and then just start saying, oh, let's just do miracles here. Oh, let's just teach you this fancy pet hobby horse uh, doctrine that I have based on this one obscure uh, scripture, which is what's happening today. No, he prioritized foundations. Did you guys receive the Holy Spirit when you, when you got saved? Okay, we need to be asking those questions. The second thing is Paul taught by both preaching and discussion, right? He, he preached in the synagogue, but he had small group discussions with disciples. The third thing is Paul's miracles were built on the word. The fourth thing we see is that Paul's preaching and authority resulted in a shift of power. Simple as that. There was a shift of power. The fifth thing we see is that the economy was affected as a result of apostolic teaching. Right? People who were making money through divination stopped making money through divination because of the gospel of the kingdom being taught. The sixth thing that we see is that Paul had a team that had the same DNA. It was not a one-man show. He said to the other guy, says, hey, you know what? You guys, you go into that region. I'll go here. Right? And that's what we want to see happening in our local church. We want to see people being raised up and going and teaching the same thing in different areas. That's what we want to do. We want to establish more churches. We want to see churches planted in different parts of Gauteng. We want to see strong churches started um, globally. When there is an apostolic mantle in the birthing of, of a church, you actually partake of that grace and you end up doing similar things, right? Disqualification in ministry takes place primarily because of the heart condition of people. That's why you'll see elsewhere where Peter had to address certain things with Simon the sorcerer. He says, your heart mm -mm, is not in the right place. You have no part in our work. Why? Because Simon the sorcerer was saying, I want to actually, um, you know, if I pay you guys, uh, then can I also have the ability to see the Holy Spirit imparted in people's lives? And they said, your heart is full of bitterness. You have no part in this work. You're disqualified from this work because your heart is not in the right place. Okay. Apostolic teaching exposes the heart. So let me share with you some signs of devotion to apostolic teaching. How do you know you're devoted to apostolic teaching? The first thing is you study so well that you can teach others. If you look at, um, at, our, at the scripture, the Bible says in, uh, in the book of Timothy, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, the things which you have heard from me, 2 Timothy 2, 2, the things you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Very important we are making disciples who make disciples. You teach others what you've been taught, but you can only do that if you've studied it well. The second thing we see, if you're really devoted to apostolic teaching, is you're diligent in the word. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 to 16, it says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy, when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So what gift was this? It seems to be talking about a gift of teaching and preaching that Timothy had, that he needed to stir up, but he had to watch his doctrine closely and he had to watch his life closely. And again, this is crucial. This is crucial. The third thing we see about people who are devoted to apostolic doctrine is you study, you obey, and you use the word. In Hebrews 5 verse 14, it says, But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Right? Through constant use, they have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. So we are called to study the word, to obey the word, and to actually use it practically. And that's why the application of the word is really crucial. We can't just preach abstract messages, right? We have to show you this is how you make it work in your life. The fourth thing we see about an apostolic people who are devoted to apostolic teaching is they can free others from deception. And one of the ways this is done is where you check the word for yourself. Yes, teachings come, teachings go. Yes, there are different winds of doctrine in different seasons, but we want to create a culture where you know how to study the word for yourself and you know how to interpret it for yourself, where you can hear any message out there and you can say, let it go through my test, let it go through my lens. And what's that lens? This is biblical interpretation. This is proper Bible research. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. Why? For they received the message with great eagerness. So they weren't skeptical, right? But went on to, it goes on to say, And examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Isn't that amazing? And they were described as being more of more noble character because they did that. The fifth quality of an apostolic people who are devoted to apostolic uh, doctrine is you embrace all of scripture instead of picking what you like. And we call that proof texting, right? When you've got your own idea and then you look for a verse that supports it. And you take that verse out of context and you preach it as doctrine and you spread error to many people. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Not some scripture, all scripture. So let's be careful to read the whole of scripture and not just the parts we like. The sixth characteristic of an apostolic people is that God's word becomes your food. God's word becomes your food. In Matthew 4 verse 4 it says, Jesus answered, 
It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What are you living on? Are you living on that revelation from your favorite preacher? Right? That particular chapter that you like a lot and that's what you've built your, work, your, your life around? Or are you living on God's word as we see it in scripture? Just think about that. Has that become your food or is it something else? Let's pray. Father, we commit ourselves to you and we pray that there will be a shift in the culture, in the culture of the local church local churches in your body, Lord, that we would truly be built on an apostolic foundation, that we would keep the main thing, the main thing, that, Lord, we would be those who build on the right pillars. May we be those who are completely devoted, Lord, to your word. May we be those who embrace your word, who study it, Lord. May we be those who know how to interpret it aright. May we be strong on Bible research. And may we be those who go out and teach others. Father, make us a people who are so passionate about filling the gaps, the cracks, and the leakages in the disciples who we are pouring into. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen. God bless you all. Enjoy. Enjoy.